Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Welcome, friends, old and new. Assuming I've been counting right, this is episode 178. We're heading into the ninth year of Life Science Marketing Radio. Some of you have been here from the start, and of course, I'm very grateful to all of you, regardless of when you joined. Today, we're going to talk about how the sausage gets made. This episode is all about how to record, edit, adjust the sound, and even structure interviews for your podcast. I'm getting some help from my guest, David Schifrin. David was an early listener who was kind enough to email me when there was some problem with my feed early on. I was so glad he did that, I remember where I was standing when I got that message. Since then, we've become friends. He's been a guest several times talking about content, and he clued me into the software that is a major part of my workflow now. So we're going to talk about that workflow and show you some of the magic that software can do to make this whole thing of producing a podcast easier for you. So now let's jump into it. Yeah, because everything about today is um, is perfect for a podcast about how to podcast <laughs> uh, and things to do or not do. I'm in this room, which is uh, pretty echoey. <laughs> and I just looked out the window and saw my neighbor and good friend across the street filling up his lawnmower. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's funny. I mean, uh, and it's obviously it's perfect for this. So, uh, listener, <laughs> I'm talking today to David Schifrin, my longtime podcasting buddy and friend who, um, we both started around the same time. I just looked up science writing radio seven years ago. Wow. Feels... Is what Google says. I think it was eight, but anyway, yeah, that feels about right. And uh, so he is the senior manager for content marketing at Gerard Phillips, Kate and Hancock. Give me the disclaimer. Yeah, I am speaking on my own behalf here. I am not representing Gerard Inc. uh, today, but we definitely do uh, play around with podcasts at the firm. And uh, my response, my role and responsibility there is to to come up with new ways to, to present thought leadership. So in my day job, as well as kind of hobby. I really enjoy finding ways to uh, to use podcasts, um, one of these days, video, the written word to get good ideas out there. Nice. Well, that I was going to ask you, so um, your company delivers strategic communications for healthcare. You're the host of their high stakes podcast, which mm-hmm. I recommend people in that field listen to. I like your format. I mean, it's just, it's pretty relaxed, a little conversational not always interviewing outside guests, right? Sometimes it's just an internal conversation around current topics. Yeah. Um, and we're always playing around with the format a little bit. Um, one of the things that we've done with high stakes is to use it, to frequently use it as a delivery mechanism more than a a product in and of itself. Um, and this is something that Chris and I have talked about over the, over the years, but thinking about it almost like a, a social media or a blog feed where rather than saying this is the defined format for every single episode, every single week, it's 
hear the conversations that we're having or hear the, the pieces that we're producing and we're putting them out on the blog, on the podcast feed. Um, so one of the things I'm doing today actually includes uh, recording some of our quick think email newsletters. Uh, it goes out every Sunday morning, another shameless self plug. Um, but just recording those, they're usually around six to 800 words. So it's seven minutes, five to seven minutes of audio, uh, depending on how fast I talk. And, you know, if you go to, for example, NPR, um, or a lot of, uh, news outlets now you can have, there's an option to listen to the piece as an audio piece rather than read the blog. And so I thought, why not do that for our podcast, take our, our written newsletter and turn it into an audio piece. So we're always kind of experimenting with different ways to deliver content through audio. Um, but yeah, we just look at healthcare topics, whatever's going on that is challenging healthcare provider organizations like hospitals and health systems and, uh, have a good time doing it. Yeah. I know Scott Galloway is, um, I might be blowing out my mic here. Um, Scott Galloway on uh, the Prof G show or now his newsletter, which is called no mercy, no malice. He has somebody reading it out every week as well. I wish he would do it himself because I want to hear it's written in his voice. When I read it, I can hear him. But when someone yeah. else is reading it, it loses the vibe. Yeah, it's like uh, certain audiobook authors. You know, sometimes it's better to have Scott Brick read your book, but other times I want to hear you as the author do it. Um, I don't know which which is true for me, but I'm the one who does it, so that's what you'll have to live with. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, a few months ago, I think I put up a post on LinkedIn about how I make a podcast, and I thought, well, why don't I, I finally after eight years decided I'm just going to give away the secrets. You can make your own podcast or you can call me for help, whatever you want to do. But I thought it'd be fun to reveal, you know, how you and I make podcasts. I know we probably don't both do it the same way. And you and I had a conversation about how amazing the software has gotten. I mean, it's so much different than where we started eight years ago of how much easier it is and how you can make it sound better. Yeah. I want to start out with just talking about, the essentials, even before we get to the recording equipment about the room, you already mentioned the room you're in and we'll do a little test, but room echo is often the biggest challenge. Yeah. So I'm in the home office. It is solid walls and vinyl flooring. Um, and so when you all listen to this, if you listen closely, you will hear it sound like I'm in a big warehouse room. Um, it's not ideal. And, um, you know, here in a minute, it may switch rooms, but, um, based on the room that I'm in and the mic I'm using, you can probably hear some of the noise from outside. But I think generally speaking, you want to be in as, something that is as, as dead as possible because it's easy to do. And, um, I think we all have higher and higher expectations for what things should sound like when they come through on a podcast, just because it is so easy to do. Yeah, honestly, you don't sound that bad today. I've had <clears throat> episodes with much worse room echo to deal with that to the point where it's it is challenging if you can't get rid of it. Software can do a little bit. I'll do a little sample on this one with the newer software. Um, I'm fortunate to be in a room <laughs> where it is carpeted, but I'm actually sitting in what used to be a closet almost. I mean, you can't see the whole boundary here. <laughs> But this was my son's room. I used to record in a different room before he moved out. So it's from where I'm sitting to the back here is two and a half, three feet. I did put up acoustic tiles because I'm in such a closed space. I also, um, 
am fortunate that <laughs> and I did. It is, right? you can, yeah, you can hear it. I, I got a, um, I got a new microphone recently because I had to go do an event in a room I'd never seen before at a large hotel in Houston, where an event was going to be going on, and I was going to be interviewing key speakers at that event while other people were on their break going back and forth to the bathroom eating and so i got this uh i used to use an eight an audio technica atr 2100 highly recommended very inexpensive yep. super high quality that's that would be my go-to the one thing i like about that mm -hmm. i really like two things you can use it um as an xlr mic which means it can go into more audio devices or a USB right into your computer. So there's that. It also has an on-off switch, which is handy sometimes. But I got this new um, MV7X <laughs> microphone from Shure. Nice. It's a lot like the 7B, but very good at rejecting noise from the backside. So if you're in a busy place, um, that's cool. The one thing I think uh, you mentioned you're using your Yeti Nano. Uh -huh. A lot of folks will pick up what's called the Blue Yeti, which is the big old style looking ice cream cone. Dave's going to show us right now. Yes. Table all wrapped up in it, but this this is this is OG. Yeah, and it looks it looks great. But it is <laughs> it is not the choice that you should be making in 2022. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that was my very first one, I'm going to admit, because it looks great. And it can sound good, but it picks up. Like, if you mention people talking, I can't hear them. If you were using that mic, I probably could. Mm -hmm. So the advantage of having a dynamic over a condenser mic is uh, you got to be a little closer, and it rejects a lot of noise from the background. Yeah, yeah, and, and just for I don't know housekeeping or whatever at, at the office we use the the Shure SM7B, um, which is a pretty standard professional. Um, it's 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 more than entry grade professional, but it's not full on, um, and it's a it's a great mic. Um, I love it. It sounds good. Well, if you if you listen to David's podcast, if you listen to High Stakes, you'll hear what really good sound quality sounds like, and hopefully, yeah. you get essentially the same thing out of the mic I'm using right now. And we make a big deal out of this because um, audio quality, imagine you're watching a movie. You would watch a movie with a little bit of a fuzzy picture and good sound quality, but you wouldn't watch a movie very long with bad sound quality and a clear picture. And it's the same with a podcast. You want to make it as good as you can and understand that it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect, but... The easier you make it for people to listen, the longer they stay on, the more episodes they listen to. Um, so I love what the software can do now as far as improving the sound. I did an episode just this morning where I had to do some magic um, to make it significantly better, um, particularly because it's going to be in an episode with many other speakers who sound a lot better. So I didn't want it to be too far too far off um but getting it as good as you can at the start is is key so let's talk about recording um how we record so 
Tell us what you're using. I think we're using the same things. Yeah, we. Um, I think overall our, our, our systems are pretty similar. Um, and again, I'm just, I promise everyone this is not planned. This is just one of those weeks, but neighbor's leaf blower is going. And so uh, if, if you go back, Chris, and you hear this and you can't edit it out, then we'll we'll figure something out. Okay, listener, this is Chris. I'm going to interrupt right here. By now, you have a sense of the room echo and the noise from David's neighbor who didn't get the memo about power tools while I'm recording. We'll talk about the editing software coming up soon, but for the rest of this segment, you'll be hearing David after I apply a single effect to his track called Studio Sound. This is all done with one click. It will eliminate the reverberation in the room and reduce the leaf blower by a lot. We are currently recording on Riverside.fm, which um, I, I'm not involved in their affiliate program, but they should pay me something for the uh, the evangelism, the very loud evangelism I do for them. It's a phenomenal platform. Uh, so that's what I use to record and then do virtually all of my editing in a uh, standalone tool called Descript. And as of a few months ago, they did uh, create an integration between the two that um, uh, allows for a direct download from Riverside into Descript, uh, which is handy. Um, but to be perfectly honest, get a decent mic, pair of headphones, reasonably quiet room, those two pieces of software and a hosting, uh, uh, hosting uh, a podcast host uh, for five or 10 bucks a month. And that's all you need. Um, Descript and uh, Riverside have, as Chris said before, revolutionized the way that we produce podcasts. Yeah, and I think you turned me on to both of those things, at least one of them. And uh, yeah, so I we're recording this on Riverside.fm. What it does, as does um, Zencaster, which is a viable alternative, it records each of us on our own computers. So there's never that lag that gets recorded like you would on a, used to at least on a Skype call. Um, and then you get both files separately and you merge them in your audio editor. And so you never get that hesitation, even if you heard it on the call, which almost never happens anymore. Um, and so you get much higher audio quality because it's recording each of you locally. It's not being compressed as it goes through the internet. So you get a high quality audio file, makes it really easy. And then Descript is what really makes editing easier because you upload your files, it will transcribe them. And then you edit the audio simply by editing it as if you were editing a word document. You just take things out that you don't want. You can rearrange them. You can pull clips from multiple interviews and stack them in a document and it will spit out the audio as if it happened in that sequence. And then the other magic of Descript is it has a few little tricky AI tools, one of them called Studio Sound, which we will demo here somehow, um, probably on just your room echo, um, that make that is very good at making it sound natural and like you're in a studio, not like wherever you were. Yeah, a few other benefits of Riverside. Um, it's extremely robust. Uh, I've used it for several years now, probably close to three years. And in that time, I think we've had two instances where 
you know, the planets were just completely misaligned and something really bad happened and we lost parts of a recording or lost the local tracks. Otherwise there are multiple fail safes. Um, so you end up with whatever you recorded, which is great. And yeah, as Chris said, the, the quality is so much higher because just to reiterate, it's recording at whatever the maximum resolution, um, your camera and your microphone can produce. It's not being compressed. You don't get that tinniness and you don't get the lag. So that's a, that's a huge help. Um, it is very close to, you know, native sound. Um, and then there's a few other features in Riverside that are nice. You can mark clips. Um, you can make little snippets within the editor itself. So if you're, if you're taking video clips for social media, you can create those in Riverside. It's pretty easy. I don't do that, but I know that that's a feature that people do really like. Um, and I'll be honest, their customer support's fantastic. They're just good people and, uh, it costs next to nothing. I don't know how they're developing all of this on, uh, on what they're charging me for it, but it is absolutely worth the value. Uh, and the other piece with Descript is you can also do the same thing with video. So you can, uh, you can, you can edit full video episodes. If that's something that you're interested in, you can add intros and outros. Um, I work with a dedicated creative team. So we typically don't do that. Um, they've got full sort of video production, Adobe, uh, capabilities. Um, but you can do some pretty decent video editing in there as well. Um, and so just as an example, uh, going, sorry, going back to Riverside, a little bit of internet fluctuation right now, Chris just froze up, got really pixelated. Things were a little bit wobbly. And if it was a Skype or a zoom call, it would have been one of those moments where we would have said, and it's happening right now. So if you're seeing this video, to me, Chris looks really pixelated, uh, but you'll notice it looks fine. Um, if it was a Zoom call, it'd be that awkward, wait, can you still hear me? Are you here? Is it you? Is it me? <laughs> and with Riverside, you don't have to worry about it. You just keep going uh, because it's all being picked up. Um, so yeah, really powerful. It's cut the production time for any given podcast episode probably in half uh, for me, especially because of the the transcription um, that you were describing, Chris, where you just select a chunk of text and either move it or delete it or whatever it happens to be. Um, the one thing that I will say doesn't always work quite as well. And I will occasionally go back to the old standby audacity because somehow, even though it hasn't been updated in years, it still works on my computer is the noise reduction. And so studio sound overall, I found works extremely well and they keep improving the algorithm but there are some sort of really subtle background room tones that do tend to come out a little bit better with the noise reduction uh, effect in audacity relative to Descript. So if I had to find one complaint, that's it. But um, otherwise it's, it's a, just a magnificent piece of software. I, I recorded a, a conversation between uh, somebody at my firm and then somebody outside the firm. So it was a few months ago and I actually sent, I texted Chris the clips, it was part of what, prompted this conversation and uh the person in our firm um has always kind of struggled i don't know if sound card issue or what but even on the call when it sounds decent it comes off the recording um oftentimes sounds really rough and so i was pretty bummed because i didn't think it was going to be usable and i turned on studio sound into script and it was damn near studio level sound i mean it was unbelievable um so again worth every penny yeah, like you, I use uh, I will use Adobe Audition for more serious noise removal, or even Isotope RX six if I really need 
to do something. And I did do that to remove some background noise from that event where I, that I just described, but audacity is free, right? So if it has a good noise removal feature, particularly things like, um, when you're hearing David's neighbor with the, the, uh, leaf blower. Yeah. I'll come off. You get so a, you can just, you can just soak in that leaf blower a clean segment of that. And you say, take that noise out of the whole thing. It will do it um, very well. So those things, uh, a steady noise is of course, much easier to get rid of than uh, speech, you know, that you don't want, for example. Yeah. Let's I'm curious, about, Chris, uh, how, how, how much, uh, and this is for my own benefit as much as anything, but how much of that can you actually hear coming through? Um, it's more now. I mean, it's coming through. I mean, it's just a light hum behind you, a little, a little whine. Um, honestly, I mean, I think I'm. I don't think I'm going to have any trouble taking it out. So I will point that out to people in the edit okay. um, to see what it can do. So My apologies for the extra work. No, no, no. I mean, that's what this whole episode's about, right? We're just trying to show people how to solve problems and make podcasts. So. The end result um, is that you export an MP3 file and then we send it to a podcast hosting platform of which there are a gazillion, maybe a gazillion and five by now. Um, but um, where do you host? Where do you host your high stakes podcast? We host on on Megaphone. Uh, we do that primarily because we work through a or we work with a healthcare podcast network called Touchpoint. So there, uh, Reed Smith, who runs that, has probably close to two dozen shows. Um, and so we just work through his group's account, basically. We've we've bought a seat on Megaphone. Megaphone is great. It's a little bit beefier than what most folks need. Um, uh, but it's built for more corporate podcasts, especially if you're looking to insert ads, things like that. It makes it really easy. It's got good analytics like most of them do. Uh, the upload and scheduling process is easy. So yeah, that's that's what we use. But you can definitely find um, perfectly sufficient uh, options for, for cheaper. Um, yeah. So yeah. what are you on I, these days? I, I have used several different podcast hosts for myself and for clients. Um, Blueberry is one I have not used. Podbean I've used um, for some of my podcasts and some client podcasts. That's to me sort of the simplest one. Buzzsprout I see good things about. Libsyn I went to for a while. I thought it was great, but then I realized it seemed like Podbean was just as easy, but they're all good. Mm -hmm. um, and really all you're doing there is putting your audio in a place that can hold lots of data and be available to serve it when somebody asks for it is essentially what you're doing and provide, be able to deliver it at a bandwidth that so that when you get a million listeners like David has, yeah. it can stand up. To yeah, that's it. it. And um, so that's, that's what a podcast host is. And honestly, you can get a, a hosting service for like 10, 10 bucks a month, I think maybe less. And so that's pretty straightforward. And then what that what happens from there is um, you upload your audio files to them. They provide you with an RSS URL that you then deliver to Apple and Spotify, which would cover most of your needs, possibly Google Podcasts as well. And then 
that's what allows your podcast to show up automatically on whatever podcast app your listeners choose to listen from. All right, Chris, I am uh, legitimately going to make an executive decision for real. We can prove a point here. So leaf blower is gone. We're onto the lawnmower. So uh, let's stop recording and I'm going to move into the closet and just. Okay. From here on, you're hearing his track with no effects applied. You have a well-lit closet. It's a uh, it's 240 watt. There's the 60 watt replacements. I don't know. They're that that weird, warm, sickly yellow. Uh, <laughs> well, by now anyway. people can definitely hear the difference in the sound. Is it? I'm, I, I know what it sounds like when I listen from what I've recorded, uh, you know, in the office versus in here. But what? I mean, how how dramatic as a listener, you know, listening through your headphones in real time, Chris? Does it sound to you? Um, I think it, it sounds significantly different. And honestly, I thought you were pretty good before with kind of a minimal reverb in your room, but now very much more studio-like. And for people listening or watching this, you might be shocked to know that many well-known podcasters started out <laughs> making great podcasts in their closets. <laughs> because, it is. And probably still, because... Not everybody can go to a studio and, and make great sound. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I do. If, if I do have to record something at home, um, this is where I do it. Uh, during the pandemic, um, my wife is a professor of nursing, and uh, they started having to record everything online. And she did a couple of them in the office. And I kept telling her, no, I just, I, I know it sounds crazy, but trust me, go into the closet. And so she recorded countless hours of master's level lectures, um, from in here. And yeah, the setup is, I mean, you can see the bare walls with the old paint, um, and then all the usual, whatever <clears throat> luggage and cabinets and stuff. But, um, you know, when you think about it, I've got a few extra pillows in here that I pulled in from throw pillows from, from, from the bedroom. Um, and the rest of it is packed with clothes. It's all set sound deadening material. And so even with the door and the walls, uh, and the vinyl planking on the floor, um, that's easily mitigated by the, uh, by the clothing. Um, you know, if, if you really want to go next level, not for a podcast necessarily, but for any kind of voiceover, get a decent blanket. And I, I also will do this. And sometimes I'll do this in the office. It kind of has the same effect as a closet, throw a blanket over your computer, um, in the mic. And then that'll, that'll deaden it pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So you perfectly illustrate the point that it's not just the size of the room. It's the sound deadening soft materials. Anything that, um, would absorb water will absorb sound. Yeah. And I can still, and this is still on the same, relatively close to the same side of the house as the office. I'm opposite, but still front. And so I can hear a little bit of, low lawnmower rumble, but, um, by the time it gets through the whole system, it, it shouldn't be audible to you all. So it makes a huge difference. And, uh, you know, now you all are regretting that I was, I started in the office and not in here. The nah. only thing is I, I, I've got the, uh, the native, um, MacBook camera 
on now, which is 720 instead of the one that I, the external that I have plugged in there, which is 1080. So the resolu the video resolution you'll notice has dropped. If they can tell at all, cause I only have 720. So oh, there we go. And I only put them out at 720. So nice. to save space for LinkedIn. So, so let's finish up with content. I mean, how do you think about organizing your podcast? What do you do for preparation? Cause really this is I mean, good sound quality is important, and my goal here is to make it accessible for everyone. But you also have to have a, a plan for your content. Yeah, and this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, where uh, for me it's always an experiment. It's probably more of an experiment than it should be. It's just how I do things. Um, but you you can set your, set up your content kind of however you want, as long as it makes sense, which is not a particularly useful piece of information, but hopefully it is at least liberating. Um, but when I say how you want, it doesn't mean just like whatever the hell you want. It does need to be thoughtful. It does need to mean something. And it of course needs to matter for your audience. And so there's a ton of flexibility and, you know, you go out and you listen to the the range of podcasts that are out there and you've got hardcore history where, you know, a guy just talks for hours, basically monologues. And then you've got just healthcare daily, which is seven minutes of healthcare headlines and a little bit of analysis every single morning, completely different formats, both outstanding, uh, pieces that are on kind of totally opposite ends of the spectrum. So you can do it. However, um, I think for me and for us, uh, at, at Gerard, we tend to think about thought leadership in general. And I think this is a pretty good rule of thumb for podcasting. You want to have a setup, a good, a good background, you know, whatever the topic is, the headline, you talk about that, you get into it, you have a little bit of analysis and kind of context that you put around it and then close with advice or calls to action. Um, it makes for a good blog post. It makes for a good podcast. So that's one of my favorites. Um, and again, whatever the topic happens to be. And then the other type that I, I love is anything that shows how you think about something or how the people involved think about something where it's still intentional and, and focused on a topic, but you give people, um, a little bit of room to, to wander around and kind of process in real time. And so if you listen to high stakes, um, you, you'll see this displayed in the, the conversations between Kim Fox and Tim Stewart. Um, two of our, uh, Kim is a partner at the firm and, and Tim is a, a senior vice president and, um, very brilliant, thoughtful people with distinct personalities. And we always get to a point um, but we always kind of wander around and make some weird connections getting to that point. So I don't know. Does that answer the question, Chris? That, kind of that was perfect. Around. I'm going to go backwards through everything you just said there. So one of the okay. things for me that's always important is you just need to know where you're going, right? I did a podcast early, I think my third episode, and it was all over the place. And you just mentioned a structure and it makes a good blog post. When I did that episode, what I learned was if it's all over the place, it's really hard to write a good blog post because it, you're just going to list out a bunch of stuff and it's not helpful. It doesn't have a point, which is why now I always 
think through long before the episode what my questions are going to be, and I send them in advance because it just makes it easier for the person on the other end to remember the things they want to say, not to script it out, but to know, all right, here's where we're going. And, of course, I ask follow-up questions, but it's really important to know where you're going, have a little bit of a structure and a plan, um, and then it can be whatever you want. I also recently have been taking a writing course that I think I've mentioned on LinkedIn called uh, Think Deeply, Write Clearly by Brian Morgan, recent guest on the podcast. And he's all about thought leadership and just what you said. People, you build a lot of trust when people understand how you think about things, regardless of whether they might agree with you or not. So um, all good points. And so just knowing where you're going with your content is good. And then having a host that makes people feel comfortable, right? Yeah. Um, and you may have experienced this. I've experienced it for sure. I know a lot of other people have. It's shocking when people you meet them or even if you've never met them before and they recognize you by your voice and say, Oh, I listened to your podcast. It's one, it's flattering of course, but also it just shows you how important it is. And I know how I feel about the people I listen to on different podcasts that I don't know, but I feel like I do. Absolutely. And there's another element of that, Chris, um, and this is going to sound, uh, it's not just going to sound, it is pretentious, uh, and self aggrandizing for both of us, but I'll, I'll take the hit. Uh, so you don't have to say it. There is also an element to what you said about, you know, asking, not just preparing questions, but being able to ask good questions, being able to flex in real time and respond to what people are saying. Um, and I know that sounds ridiculously obvious when you, when I say it out loud, but that is. I, it is a skill and it's also a muscle. Um, and what I've found in both podcasts that I listen to that I really like, as well as just learning how to do this myself over the years is if you, if you can take that structure and then listen in real time, ask interesting follow-ups, give yourself and, and the guest or whoever else is involved a little bit of room to wander without f losing track. I mean, to your point earlier, um, to being, being able to, bring it back in to the key point that you're trying to make. Um, that goes a really long way. I mean, it's why elite journalists who end up on, you know, pick, pick your show 60 minutes or whatever, who sit there in the chair across from people. It's why they got there. Um, it's, and I'm not making a comparison between myself and Chris and, and Barbara Walters, but, um, it's that idea of being able to hear what people are saying. And that, that does go a long way. Um, and then occasionally, you know, this probably doesn't happen too often, but occasionally you get into something and it just goes a totally different direction and you don't come back to what you thought you were going to talk about. And that's also okay. If, if there's a reason for the diversion, um, or, or landing in completely the wrong spot, that's also really valuable and, and really exciting. I think my, to this day, my favorite podcast episode I've ever recorded, um, that happened literally in the introduction I was doing a live <laughs> podcast with my boss at the time, a couple of other folks. It was at a, uh, it was at a party and we sort of built it on the fly. And I grabbed the guys and said, all right, we're going to do sort of sitting in the, in a couch on this couch in this lounge area of a bar. And, 
Um, I said, we're going to talk, let's, okay. So, all right. You know, I did my sort of on the fly intro. So we're going to talk about empathy in healthcare. And, um, I'm trying to remember now. I think it was Marquise. Anyway, one of the guys said, yeah, I'm going to push back on that. I mean, I just, I had walked up to him five minutes before and said, <laughs> I want to talk about empathy and health. I'm and pretty goes, sure okay. I listened to that episode. It was, and it was, it ended up being a stunning podcast because of his challenging the assumption and then where they took it from there. And we landed in this place that was 180 degrees off of where I thought we were going to land, but it was amazing. Nice. Yeah. So I'm not going to compare myself to Barbara Walters. I do want to be the Larry King of life science just because it sounds better. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, it is a muscle and a skill. Like as, like you said, the thing that's important, I think, and I hear this from, you know, when I, you listen to other podcasters talk about it or you read about how to interview, it's easy to get caught up in getting ready for your next question. And and you just don't want to lose your place. But editing can fix that. You can pause and go, where am I? Um, but it's really important to listen to catch those follow-ups and or somebody says something and they're expecting something back from you, you have to be ready. So you just have to, you have to listen and be prepared. So that's, yeah, that's it from soup to nuts. I, I think I want to thank you for jumping on. I think this is your fourth episode on. Is it? All right. Yeah. You, you are over 2% of my episodes. (laughs) I'll be happy. The current record holder. (laughs) I'll take any record I can get. Um, if I could do one, make add one more thought. That's sort of a more advanced podcasting tip. I think Chris, um, yeah, just hijack this, but something you said just now reminded me of, of another, uh, point in you talk, you mentioned editing. And so listen, not just listening or not just preparing for your next question, but kind of listening and being able to respond and knowing that you can edit on the back end. Another thing that if somebody, listening to this conversation is just starting out in podcasting, thinking about getting rolling. Don't worry about this too much, but have it in the back of your mind as something that you will pick up over time that, um, it does, it makes a big difference is recognizing in the moment where you're going to have likely edit points and being able to, um, either explicitly or sort of subtly create those those moments so that on the back end you can tie pieces together because what will happen a lot if you're sort of just rolling with the conversation is you'll go back and you'll listen and there's a five minute chunk that you've got to delete but on either side of that it gets really awkward and it's really hard to mash together and so one of the fun things kind of one of the fun challenges is having this little corner of your brain operating while you're recording thinking about okay does that make sense and oh they said this now i need to go back and re-ask a question or say something in a slightly different way because five minutes ago, you know, and I'm going to have to piece it together. So there's, there's a little bit of a, I don't know, real-time jigsaw puzzle that comes into play that, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's useful, but it's kind of a fun thing. No, it is. Uh, you're maintaining the continuity of the conversation in the edit. Otherwise people will notice that you completely shifted gears and they'll go, what, how did they get there? Yeah. So Anyway, excellent advice. So, as so let's go back always. to talking about me and my records. Yes, yes. Four time. 
Uh, no, this is great. I'm going to I'm going to hit the stop button. I, of course, I'm going to put links to um your podcast, your LinkedIn in case people want to connect with you and um thank you again. Thanks so much, Chris. It's always fun. This is always a great time. On the record or off the record. <laughs> I hope that was helpful and that some of you will be inspired to start your own podcast. Of course, you may have your hands full already. If you need someone to host your podcast and do the production, that's what I'm here for. As always, there is a link in the show notes to schedule a quick chat. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'm pretty sure there are a few people in your world who would also like it. It'd be awesome if you'd share it with them. Thank you very much. I'll be back soon with another episode. And if you haven't already, check out my other podcast, Exploring Artificial Intelligence in Life Science at cclifescience.substack.com. Bye-bye.